This is the Restless Mama Podcast. Authentic conversations about the mess and magic of motherhood. I'm your host, Celine Marley. Do you find motherhood hard sometimes? Do you struggle with finding balance in parenthood, your career, relationships and lifestyle? Are you a new mum who still just tries to figure it all out? This is the podcast for you. Every week we provide you with inspiring stories and helpful resources for mamas just like you. So you know you're not alone. And hopefully this also empowers you to find your unique balance. Because a mama's mental health is the most important of all. Hello, beautiful people, and welcome to this week's episode of the Restless Mama podcast. As always, I am so excited to share another beautiful guest, and of course, she's a mama on the show. <laughs> This time, I invited Rachel Russell on the show. She is a local mama of two beautiful girls and the founder of Other and Whole which was created out of Rachel's passion for local produce, sustainability, and the people that bring it all together. We chatted about life before kids, starting a business with a one-year-old, and the glory of simplicity and presence. All right, Rachel, welcome to the show. Thank you, Celine. Thanks so much. Ah, thanks so much for coming. It's so, I don't know, I'm always excited about any mama that's on the podcast and I love to share all your stories and I think yours is quite a special one too. Um, nice so, to mama stories. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so maybe you can just, for the people that don't know you, maybe just do a little introduction about yourself. Okay. Um, my name's Rachel and I <laughs> live in Kilcunda. Um, we've been in Kilcunda for about four years mm. and I'm trying to get lucky now because um, we came uh, for the sea change partly to start Udder and Ho which yep. um, is a little local produce store tucked behind the Kilcunda General Store in Kilcunda yeah um, and so yeah we, we were in Melbourne before then and um, my husband surfs and Kilcunda we used to come rock pooling at the um, when I was growing up so I, I knew Kilcunda um and yeah there was this opportunity to kind of start um, my own business um and at that time um Wilma was one um my firstborn so yeah it was this sort of um new opportunity um and Udder and Ho sort of started um because I really felt like Gippsland was a really special place yeah. and there was lots going on here um but there wasn't a lot of access to the produce I think yeah. you know like a lot of sort of small business owners, there's a lot to do in a business and you don't have time to market yourself and um, do your product and everything else. And back then even social media probably wasn't as big a thing. Yeah. So um, a lot of the Melbourne farm, other Gippsland um, farmers and producers would kind of take this bits and pieces into Melbourne because it was just easier that way. Mm. Um, so I did feel like there wasn't a good access um, being in Bass Coast and in Gippsland to all the produce that was around you. Um, and so, yeah, I just thought it would be a nice um, thing to be able to bring that those products to the people that they were um, being grown around. And I guess being kind of environmentally focused, I felt that that was one thing that I could kind of do was um, make food and local food a real mm. highlight in my life because I felt like that was one of the most important things to help environmentally was to 
um, be, be conscious of what you are eating. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So um, that was kind of how I kind of became interested in local food. Um, before then, I was, I travelled growing up and did a, you know, I always wanted to travel. So did lots of Europe and um, Asia. And then I, I came back and studied nursing because I felt yeah. like health something that I really wanted to get involved in. And then yeah. as soon as it started getting to things like medications and um, I kind of just was like, oh, gosh, this is not for me. So yeah. that was kind of when I, I backed out of that and realised I think it was more a preventative approach rather than um, mainstream medicine was sort of not for me. Um, yeah. So I sort of took a break and I started flying as an international flight attendant. I thought it would be kind of like a good thing to do How in awesome. the meantime while I sort out my shit. So I um, was 21 when I started flying and I thought it would just be for a year or so, but I ended up flying for, I think, about seven years. Wow. Uh, and would just, yeah, was a good lifestyle while mm. um, my husband, uh, Carl, my part- long-term partner, we met when I was 17, I think, 18. Um, so, yeah, we, we sort of lived in Melbourne and I'd go off and fly and, He'd work and we'd sort of, it was a nice lifestyle, had mm. lots of um, good friends that I'd fly with and good benefits. So um, that was an exciting time. But, yeah, overall I think there was this sort of like pining just to come back and just mm. cook and go to farmer's markets and kind of be a bit more earthed um, because at that stage we were married and we were talking about kids mm. and, yeah, the lifestyle wasn't really a healthy one, you know, with your body. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I started sort of looking more at things like um, acupuncture and just mm. sort of uh, growing food and a, a lot more sort of um, just reflecting on food a bit more. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's kind of when the, the sort of the vision for something bigger in food kind of started and yeah. um, and just the... the um, yeah, I think maybe it was the farmers markets and and all the Gippsland produce was at these Melbourne farmers markets. And growing up in Gippsland, I was just like, okay, there's something going on in Gippsland here. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, it was a an exciting time really, where we, you know, before kids and you, um, and then yeah, the 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 mothering thing kind of happened after I took a break from flying. So yeah. Um, so when you started your business, you actually, you said your oldest was one, right? Yeah. So I think, um, yeah, I kind of probably had the vision for something like Udder and Ho before I got pregnant. But yeah, when I was pregnant was kind of when all the brainstorming and everything was happening. Mm. And then Wilma was born and we, we sold our Melbourne apartment three months after she was born. So yeah, yeah there was a big shift not wanting to be in Melbourne after kids. I think, I think, mm. um, I think maybe something happens when you, you know, you have to obviously do a bit of reassessing in your life when you're pregnant mm. and when you, and I, I remember, um, going and watching Claire Bowditch do a talk once and she was talking about how she, her life really only started when she had kids. She really yeah. felt like there was a big shift then. Mm. So I think maybe that was sort of encouraged me to sort of, yeah, just think about, you know, where you want to go. And, and there is a shift, I think, when you, when you have kids. Um, Huge. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And I, um, I believe a lot of, I mean, we see it often that, you know, people have kids and they don't, the city life doesn't work anymore because 
the city life is, it can be so much fun, you know, and I still enjoy like growing up in Europe um, as much as I, our, our city is like, what, how much do we have? 50,000 people, which is huge, you know, but then I grew up right next to Heidelberg, which is like, I think 600,000. So we always had access to this beautiful culture, food, music, and museum, all that stuff that we don't necessarily have here. And I do yes. sometimes miss that. Yes, definitely. Um, you know, but at the same time, we do have Melbourne. And every time, as much as I love that culture sense of all the big cities, every time I leave, I cannot wait to go back to the sea. It's just like, and especially with kids, like I feel like it is so fun to do it by yourself it's like almost like you know kind of getting a bit into your um back how it used how it used to what was without yeah. kids and then you come back and you're so happy because you had that little fix again yeah. and you know you know what i've done all the right decisions i'm so happy that my boys grow up right next to the ocean in this tiny bubble, you know, not seeing all the stuff that happens in cities all the time. Yeah. And yeah. And it's just, um, it's, and I, to be honest, I feel like, especially now in COVID time, a lot of people looking into moving out definitely. of it. Yeah, definitely. Well, I definitely live in a bubble um, and I mm. like it. It's mm. um, I think, you know, I grew up and nature was a big part of my childhood. Yeah. So I think I, maybe it's ingrained in me, but yeah, I definitely felt like I just wanted our kids to, to be surrounded by nature and be inspired by nature. And yeah. I think, you know, when, when you have children, you realize that they're teaching you because you're, mm. they're noticing all those little things. You're showing yeah. them all those little things. You're kind of you're rediscovering life in a way through their eyes. So I think nature is just a nice way to bring that out. And absolutely, um, yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah we, we've we've been happy to make the move, and maybe our move was also made a little bit easier because of Utter and Ho. We were moving, even though we didn't really know anyone, but we it was a really nice way to come into a community and sort of fast track meeting everybody mm. because those like-minded people were sort of brought to you. You didn't really yeah. have to go and find them. So um, like Wilma has always been very social because she's had, especially with adults, because she's had a lot of these people come to her and she's been yeah. surrounded by that environment. And um, so, yeah, we've been able to meet a lot of beautiful people through the experience of having your own business mm. um, rurally. Um, so in that way, I think it's been um, a good positive. If anyone is thinking of starting up a business rurally, it's definitely a nice way to connect. And um, there's a lot of mothers um, that mm. I've met, some of my employees or just regular customers, you know, and that's those, my business partners, mums. So um, they're, you know, they're like your um, your community and you know your That's elders right. kind of soaking up a lot from from them in motherhood so that's that's been a real positive and, and maybe been um, an easier way to transition to rural life. Yeah. Yeah. And also setting up a business with a one-year-old. Hello. <laughs> How did you do it? <laughs> it's been a very mad few years. I think it's only Utter and Ho is nearly five now. So it's only now that I'm sort of, and we've had um, Florence, my second mm. child, nearly three now. So 
but it's been a mad few years and I think it's now that I've just kind of coming out and just going, okay, just need to pan things back a little bit and, mm. um, and enjoy the journey a little bit more. Um, so yeah, it's not definitely not all, um, roses and yeah, it's been a, it's been a tough few years, but yeah, yeah. it's, um, what did you um what kind of support did you have like i mean it, that's a big shift you know going coming yeah. from melbourne and then where there is well, is your family down here well um it's, it's it would definitely family's been a huge um sort of reason while while sort of a vision like utter and hope would take place because yeah, i've had mm -hmm. lots of family support um carl's parents have moved down here yeah. um the last few years um, which has been um, really fortunate. And my family have, um, my mum always said that she struggled getting back into the workforce because she, I think it was 20 years that she wasn't working when she had um, me and my brother and sister. Yeah. So she always said to me, Rachel, when you have kids, just just work one day a week and I'll have the kids. Just stay in it, keep your confidence up. And I, I, I think that has been really valuable. So um, yeah, my mum and dad would babysit one day a week and Carl's mum would babysit a day a week. So that gave me two days that yeah. I had um, early days in Utter to kind of to get things going. So they would travel an hour to babysit. Um, so, yeah, that, that's, that's been really fortunate and I definitely wouldn't have been able because I don't rely on um, childcare or any yeah. other. Just, it's purely family that... Um, we have the support of for, for looking after the girls. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so definitely couldn't have done it without that. And like I say, just a supportive community, I think, as well. Mm -hmm. Like some days the girls would be with me in the shop or I'll be bringing them around in the car for pickups and, like, yeah, there's, they're with me a lot. So it's, mm -hmm. um, you know, I'd, I'd have Florence in the, in the carrier in the shop and have to duck out to breastfeed and change nappies and, yeah. yeah. It's All the mother things. Yeah. yeah, just kind of yeah. throw it all together. When you say, like, I love how your mum said that, because I actually um, last year I worked with a lot of women from Phillip Island who were exactly in the same situation as your mum, you know, they're just, they, yeah. they just had their kids and they haven't been in the workforce. And I think that's what kind of it really inspired me to then started studying careers counseling and focus that on mums. Like, I'm, yeah. I'm so excited about it. And, um, yeah, but like when you think about, do you feel like that that one or two days a week of work from your mental support on, on dealing with motherhood, was that a big difference to, to have that break? Do you feel like that was a resource in, in a way? Yeah, it definitely was because it was just, you know, even though you were working, it was mm -hmm. just, it was the break that you needed. And maybe if it was just a day for myself, I don't know. I mean, that would have been amazing as well. Yeah. But um, I don't know. You, you, you had your passion that you could kind of, you were still sort of living, you know, in your passion. So I think that that, yeah, it was, it was a huge um, benefit for me in these years. And it's only now that sort of I'm not as, yeah, sort of step back a little bit and trying to do a bit more me time. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I definitely think that um, being able to be creative, I think maybe all mums are really creative. Mm. So to be able to have an outlet for that, whether it be, you know, through 
whatever it is that you're creative in um, is is hugely beneficial. Definitely. Yeah. 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 So talking about balance as as like <laughs> the biggest word in motherhood, right? When you say about me time, like when you go back to when you kind of maybe had your first one. Um, so in those early motherhood years, like what kind yeah. of resources did you use to find your or have keep your balance and which ones do you still use? Oh, I'm still learning on the balance game, definitely. <laughs> yeah. There definitely hasn't been a lot of balance, probably until recently, maybe mm. um, because I didn't, yeah, that first year with Wilma, that was like really nice because it was, you know, one child, slow, I didn't work and, you know, for a long time. So that was valuable. And I think, yeah, just slow. Everything was slow with Wilma. Mm. And then um, I think, well, having having family support, I guess, meant that I could um, take that bit of time. Yeah. Um, oh, maybe hypnobirthing. That's maybe mm. helped in the balance because I did a hypnobirthing course before Wilma was born and probably pregnancy has been the time that I've meditated the most because yeah. of the um, so that kind of built a good structure I think mm. for I guess the birth because there's a lot of emphasis on the birth but also you know afterwards so yeah. I just think some good principles were just laid down with hypnobirthing and just believing in yourself and your body yeah. so that probably was huge and I definitely recommend hypnobirthing to anybody who's mm. um, pregnant or having, um, think about having children. Um, and then I guess nature, nature's always been a big one and yoga, um, meditation I could always be better at. But, yeah, definitely just nature, I think, just reflecting on and mm. being in nature definitely like the one thing that kind of you don't need a long a, a lot of time for that yeah. um i'm still still definitely working on the balance thing <laughs> <laughs> so i don't I have think we all do <laughs> yeah i think like balance is that and that's i think what the purpose almost of this podcast is too that you know like so often we see all these women on Instagram, it always feels like they've got it all together and they seem so balanced yeah. and everything. But that's not really the real motherhood at all. Yeah. And we're all trying to figure it out. I don't, I think if a mum says, yeah, I, I've got a real down pat, that's a lie. It's, it's not, <laughs> it's not true. It is not true. Um, because we always, yeah, there, there's always busier times where we, where we don't, yep. you know, pull back again, or we have, we have to more focus on our partner's needs and then pull back yep. in that, or then we have something that we really want to do. And there's always, <clears throat> it's always shifting and shifting and shifting. I feel like, um, <laughs> but I really loved how you started your business in those, you know, early motherhood years. Um, is that something you recommend or what do you kind of feel are the pros and cons for that? If you, I think that, um, it's, I don't, I've got to be careful what I say here. Um, <laughs> I, think, I, think that, I think on a very small scale, I think yeah. it's really nice for mothers to have a, a, an outlet in, um, you know what it doesn't have to be a big business it can be you know like a blog or a um you know an exercise 
you know, just I think something is really nice. Mm. But I think just be careful not to take on too much. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Because um, I'm just reading, starting reading um, the book, The Postnatal Depletion Cure. Yeah. And I really think that perhaps, you know, mothers do take on a lot. Yeah. Just in their mothering role that, you just definitely need to be careful not to deplete your body too much. Um, So, and then, you know, it all happens so quickly, you know, your kids grow up very quickly. So I think, you know, looking back, I probably, you know, enjoy those sort of younger years because there's, you know, there's time, Mm. you know, but, but to keep ticking away at, at something, I think that's important because you've got to be able to, yeah, yeah, you've got to be able to be you and, and keep that creative outlet going because that's important in motherhood, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, <laughs> if you think about um, the changes of motherhood, what do you feel like is the most that has shifted in you? Oh, I don't even know if I remember what I was like before motherhood. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, maybe just that opportunity, I guess, just to to observe things a bit more possibly, mm. you know, just to take to just the observation of the world. And obviously you you know, you've got another life there. So you're very um, observant and wanting to create something for them. So that influences the way you live. Um, mm. So I think, yeah, I'm just trying to build a life that, um, that I want for my kids. So yeah, that I guess, and that's definitely different to what it was like before kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So being, being a lot more sort of um, self-focused and couple focused and mm. yeah, like life's very different. I used to, you know, be gone at, for five to seven days at a time mm. and um, fly from here, there and everywhere and yeah, come home and have me time. And yeah, time. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it's very different. So it I'm is very to- different. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And even in your relationship, it's not, you know, like as much as we, we are committed to our partners, but you have that freedom of I can leave whenever I want. Yeah, but definitely. With kids, it's that is a whole different game changer, right? Like, first yeah. of all, you can't just walk away from your kids if you're sick of them. <laughs> it's, that's, not, <laughs> that's not happening. And also if you would decide to break up, then that, that's a massive thing for your kids again. Yeah. So it's not that easy anymore, which I think so I, is sometimes really good because it forces us to go a bit more deeper within our relationship, you know, and rather, and I'm definitely guilty of that. I always used to be a runner. I'm like, this is not working for me. Bye. I see you. <laughs> and, you know, with now kids, it really and I'm not a big commitment person. I actually reframed it. I'm like, I'm dedicated. Yeah. You know? Like that's, that's my word because um, I don't know why commitment is, is for me connected with something that is not good, you know, like right. kind of negative. It's, it's got a bit of taste for me. So I just reframed that. I'm like, I'm dedicated. I'm dedicated to, you know, my long life relationship and everything. And I, and yeah, I think it really, um, that was one th- thing in motherhood that really puts me down to, okay, I'm sitting down, I'm working this out. Like I can't just yeah. run away and say. Yeah, you're forced to reassess, aren't you? And mm. look, look within a lot more. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 
Yeah, and yeah. really, really try to find a good balance for your partner's needs and yeah. your needs as well, and how that is going to connect and still keep that connection between you two because I think it is so important to have that. Definitely, they're really valuable lessons to mm. you know force yourself to have to yeah to um, do that. On. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, um, and we already our last question. I love I love my last question. It's the best. <laughs> No, it's not the best, but I just think it's, um, it's the one advice, you know, if you could give one advice to a mum or a pregnant, um, pregnant woman, what would that be? I would say just do it your way. You know, there's a lot of information out there and you can listen to it if you like, or you don't have to listen to it, but I think just, you know, be comfortable within yourself, um, at, your mothering experience because at the end of the day you're the one that's got to be with you and sit with it's got to sit with you so um i would just say yeah talk to your talk to the elders in your life and um in your community but yeah just just let it sit with you and and do it your way that's mm. probably what i would say yeah um no i agree yeah. That intuition, that almost more when you become a mum, when you just, that millisecond, when you know that's right or that's not right for me right now. Yeah. Well, I I don't typically read a lot of things and, and, um, yeah, I'm not, I don't read a lot of books, Mm. information books and parenting, mothering, whatever. I just like to just go with what what my gut says, really. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I'm I'm the guilty one there. I did not read one. (laughs) one book i mean our first first son was a surprise so i kind of i think i was a lot in denial during the whole pregnancy in that way and i'm like i'm not reading any of those books (laughs) (laughs) but then i actually read a book on um on conscious birthing like very similar to the um hypnobirthing and that was um that was an absolute game changer for me especially in in my birthing experience which was really like i was really lucky um, yeah, but yeah, that was the one book. But then parenting books, or you know, the whole yeah. nothing, nothing. Yeah, no, I, I, there's so many valuable hours when you're breastfeeding that you could yes. really you know dig into a whole lot of resources. But I didn't read one book while I was breastfeeding. I don't know why. I also feel that um, I remember there's like that the postnatal um, depletion one. You know, yep. that wasn't out to, uh, like when yep. we were first pregnant or had our yep. kids. And yeah. then the other one is the golden month and that wasn't out either. Yeah. So there's so many, I think, feel like in the last five years, there's been a lot of good books coming out, which it definitely has been, I, I would tap yeah. into those if I was, I would, mm. yeah, the, the first 40 days I know. That's um, right. Exactly. For, my, for Florence, but I, that wasn't around when Wilma was born. Yeah. Um, so yeah, there's, there's definitely a lot of good resources out there. Um, and yeah, maybe maybe tapping into something like um, the conscious birthing book that you read, yeah. or hypnobirthing, or something that just gets your just strengthens your mind. I think because you know it's that's probably the most important thing throughout birthing and motherhood and pregnancy is just being strong within. Yeah, not in just, no, but just yeah, to tackle you know um, 
everyday scenarios really absolutely and i think that is a strength within as you say like i think that is a huge thing because it is our mental strength you know to deal with all first of all to deal with replenishing our bodies and nurture them while also nurturing one two three four kids while also nurturing ourselves our partner's needs household career it's huge and i think if you don't have that strength within you you like burn out yeah definitely yeah i completely agree beautiful beautiful thank you so much rachel that was um, a great resource for for moms and women out there and partners too (laughs) thanks so much that means a lot this completes this week's episode For all show notes and more information, head to my website, selenemarlee.com or follow me on Instagram at RestlessMama. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, tell your friends and leave us a review so others can find it too. I hope to see you next time. Until then, have a beautiful week.